This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. Today, I'm here with the Naked Life story. I have James. James, welcome. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Good. So um, I've heard, you know, know a little bit about your story, but why don't you just like walk us all the way, way back to the beginning and start there? Sure. Yes, the first time I had beer was a sip when I was 10. I believe it was Christmas or Thanksgiving and my uncle uh, gave me a sip of beer. It was disgusting. Um, never drank anything after that. Um, when I was 16, a sophomore in high school, I went to a Catholic high school. So um, there were a mix of kids from the surrounding towns. And I had some friends from Worcester, where I live now, and um, had a great idea to grab some beer. So I think it was five of us. We all chipped in five, 10 bucks, and we got a case of Narragansett. So that Friday night, I went to my buddy, Joe's house and we went into the woods and I drank six Narragansett's my first time drinking. Um, I was definitely drunk. My parents were coming to pick me up later that night and as I was walking to the car my mom said to my dad he's drunk and you know my dad no he's not. Well I hopped in the car sure enough right the booze you know, got sick on the car ride home. Um, the next day, I got up and I didn't have a hangover. I got up, I was grounded, obviously. I had chores to do. And my mom, I remember my mom being so mad that I didn't suffer from a hangover. Um, didn't touch alcohol until I was about 1920 after that. Substituted alcohol with marijuana. Alcohol for me, I grew up in a small town. I didn't know anyone who was 21 or who could buy. I knew kids who could get marijuana. So I did that for, until I was 19. So when I was 19, I went to a technical school. I do heating and air conditioning for a living. And there were no Volkswagen here um, like we have now. So there was one out in the suburbs of Chicago. So I moved out there for 13 months. Now the school drug testing. So I stopped marijuana because I didn't want to get kicked out. I was paying for it, um, but I had roommates that were 21. So drinking evolved from that. And I came home with quite a drinking, drinking issue. I mean, I drank all the time. Uh, I was 21 at the time, 21, 22 at the time. Uh, when I moved back to Massachusetts, I, um, you know, I lived with my parents and it just, you know, I was hiding alcohol. Uh, my mom, she's tough. Uh, she would go through my room, find my empty bear cans. Um, you know, I had an intervention with my therapist, my parents, and one of my cousins who was concerned um, when I was 22. And that didn't do anything. So I drank. I hid my drinking a lot. Um, I rarely went out to the bars. 
Um, I wasn't a bar fly. I didn't have a ton of friends. Um, got it? Got it. All right. All right. Um, I moved out. My wife or my fiance at the time, uh, we bought a house in 2005 and we moved out then. And um, I really can't remember. I mean, she is the one reason, like my drinking was controlled. I feel if she wasn't in my life, it would have been a complete 180 and I would have been worse off. You know, she wouldn't, oh, you drink again. And I, I didn't want to hear it. So I didn't drink as much as I would have liked to or, you know, as often as I like to. In 2007, we broke up for three months and we got back together. She moved back into the house. And it wasn't because of drinking. Um, I kind of dragged, well, I did. I felt like I dragged her with me. So she started to drink more. And I came, come to find out, you know, I stopped in February of this year. Come to find out she drank so she could tolerate me and i didn't know this for years and i think she became dependent because she wasn't happy with herself and things in her life as well um and it just continued and i did do aa when i was 30 and that was only like three three four months and i didn't I didn't have plans of quitting. I think I did it to please people. I didn't do it for myself, to quit for myself. Um, so I continued, but at that point I became even more of a closet drinker. Just at home, um, you know, the amount of alcohol, you know, from hiding it to, um, you know, our recycle bin we were embarrassed towards the end with the amount of wine bottles, and beer cans, and you know, it's like, oh, what do the uh, the recycle guys think about this household when there's no parties being held? It's just her and I. Um, so, fast forward to the past couple years, um, it definitely became more frequent. Um, two days turned into three, three and four. So there were some weeks where I drank seven days a week. I always tried to say, well, I'm not going to drink on Monday, but Monday would come around, oh, well, it's Monday night football. Or it's Thirsty Thursday. There was always some excuse to drink. Oh, yeah, so it, it was just the two of us, and, you know, the recycle bins were chock full of empty beer cans and uh, wine bottles. Um, now she, she expressed concern that she didn't want to drink anymore, but I always, I always wanted to. And, you know, like I said, I kept, kept dragging her down this road where she didn't want to because she physically didn't feel well. Um, I think it was, it was starting to affect her physically where for me it wasn't. I mean, I, I, I can count, I, I drank since I was 21, I'm now 41. Um, I can count on one hand how many times I've been hungover, where it's just crippled me the next day. Um, so I didn't feel anything physically. Um, and we go a couple days and we'd be all right. And, you know, it was always a justification. I had a bad day at work. I would always fish. You know, I'd send her a text, like, wine, question mark, and... 
hopefully she'd say yes. Um, and when she didn't, I, I felt kind of aggravated. Like I wanted to drink that night and um, she didn't. So I, I got irritable or restless when she would say no. Um, and last summer, last summer was, I think the, where everything just crested. Um, there were two, uh, two, two times where I was drunk. Um, one, I was in the recliner snoring and she couldn't hear the television. And another time I was looking out the window, but I was so drunk, I was swaying. And she was afraid that I was going to fall over and hurt myself. And when I pass out in the recliner, she, she was always concerned. She didn't want to leave me there because she was fearful that I may vomit and choke, you know, overnight. And um, both times she tried to get me into bed, I threatened to hit her. Mm. And I was in a blackout and I don't remember Mm. any of those or both of those episodes um i i never you know yet had it had i kept continuing i've never been arrested no dui i've never been in a fight i've never struck anyone out of anger and here's this one one variable in my life that almost you know gave me all of that in one instance um, so the second time I woke up to a, a, a card, I was going to work and I woke up to an uh, index card. She said, you almost hit me last night. Uh, you're a mess. I'm scared of you. You need help. And I responded because she goes to work after I do. I said, I am a mess. You deserve better. And she wrote before she went to work. So when I came home from work, she wrote, just let me know what you want to do. Because if I need to leave, I'm going to leave. Uh, so that was, that was this time last year. Um, every, every year I take this week off. I have this week off from work. And I roll it into Labor Day. So I stopped last year, last September 2nd, I think Labor Day was. And I went till mid-October. I didn't get help. I didn't, I didn't read anything. I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't do AA. Uh, um, in October, I had that chirping one night and I, you know, February, February 1st, her brother was going in for a, a, a day surgery for hernia. He lives out in Waltham out by Boston. I took Thursday, Friday off. No, I went up. Actually, I saw my therapist Thursday night with the. I hadn't drank two weeks prior to that. I saw my therapist Thursday. And I knew sitting in that meeting with her, I was going to buy alcohol on my way out to her brother, my brother-in-law's house. Um, I hadn't told him I stopped drinking. So there was no accountability there. So he had no idea. So I drank when I got up there. Friday was his procedure for the hernia. And Thursday night, I got drunk. 
drove him to the hospital. The procedure was like four hours. So I left. He only lives 15 minutes from the hospital. I drank four, four craft beers, about 70% alcohol. Then I drove to go pick him up. He couldn't drive. So I had a good buzz on. And I remember just like the doctor came in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know they know I've been drinking because I'll have one beer and it just, just comes out of my pores. Like I can't hide the fact when I drink alcohol. Um, got him home Friday, went and picked up his medication, woke up Sunday. I was, this was one of the hangovers I had. Uh, just pasted to his couch and just felt terrible. And for me, that was it. Um, I remember driving home and I was like, oh my gosh, if I get, if they pulled me over, luckily, I drove right by him. I was doing the speed limit. And, uh, so Super Bowl Sunday of this year was my first sober day. And I've been sober since. And then so the second time, so the first time you didn't do anything, you didn't read any books, you didn't do any podcasts, um, and you've been eight to eight years ago. Um, but then the second time, uh, you know, what, what changed? What was different? I knew I couldn't do it by myself. Just... You know, I, I feel I can't do it alone. I need the, the information. I, I like AA. Um, I, I like the stories, um, the podcasts, you know, the, the communities. I like hearing the good stories and I like hearing the bad stories. I was tired. I was tired of uh, the depression. The, I never felt worthy. Um, you know, I, I feel like a kid at heart. But I knew my time was coming where everything would catch up to me physically. Um, you know, I'm not 21 anymore, but I could, I could drink 21-year-old kids under the table, no problem. Um, tired of making, you know, the wife depressed and just the somber cloud that seemed to envelop our house was enough. That's really great. So um, how have, what about, like, how have things been with your wife? Now? Uh, yeah. it's a it's a complete 180 i mean she oh she has a a light aura she's bubbly now i mean she does worry from time to time but you know this time last year on my vacation i was a mess i she she was always worried what she was going to come home to and more times than not it was me drunk out of my mind um this year, well, Monday, she sent me a text mid-afternoon, and she said, you know, I just realized that I hadn't thought about you all day or worried about you all day. And for me, that was huge. I mean, as the time goes on, she's starting to trust more, um, not worry, not become anxious. Anxiety was huge when I was drinking for her. And... When I read that text, I was, I was elated. Um, means that I'm doing something right, um, and that she, because she doesn't need that extra worry or anxiety. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. The whole, yeah, the whole aura around the house is just great. It's, I mean, it, we've actually. I want to say grown up because when we were drinking, I think we had Peter Pan syndrome. We don't have any kids. So 
uh, I think we wanted to stay young forever. So we didn't really tackle um, things in our relationship that should have been, you know, things that bother us, things that annoy us about each other because we'd have alcohol to kind of squash it down. And the past couple of weeks, is, there have been a, a few few heated, not heated, but, you know, intense discussions about things like that. And had I been drinking, I would have been defensive. I would have been nasty. But I sat there and I listened to her. And then I told what bothered me and my view of, you know, what the issue was. And we acted like two adults. And it's like we're in an adult relationship now, you know, 22 years, 22 years later. And that's, that's it, it, yeah, it, it's great. I mean, I can't, I'm proud of myself. Um, what I've been able to achieve over the six and a half months. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. What a cool story. Um, I always ask, you know, if you're going to tell the James of, of a few years ago, um, the one that was like really didn't want to stop when, you know, angry when your wife would text, no, we're not drinking tonight or, you know, not tonight. If you were going to tell him sort of what life is like now, what would you go back and say to him? Ooh. That, you know, it's great. Um, You know, seeing it happen I, I you know it's always I wish I hadn't done this years ago but I don't feel like I had any real responsibilities because I got up for work every day and I went to work every day even if I drank you know the night before so it it, it really for me it's really great. I, I, I definitely wouldn't have told the old James, you know, start now, you know, looking back at AA when I was 30, 31, I wish I did, you know, continue it. But things wouldn't have unfolded for me in my life that, you know, made me realize, you know, how, because I don't, ah, I don't know. The, the, the whole thing about almost getting hurt was the, the pinnacle of everything. Um, being a home drinker, I never, I never worried about anything because I never drove anywhere. You know, basically would be like falling down the stairs. That happened. But, um, you know, I, I wish I did, you know, 10 years ago, kind of stick with it. Um, but it definitely, you know, it gets better. It, it has gotten better. You know, you have to put in the work and it is difficult, but. Yeah, um, that story of, you know, you, it's very common. Like you're really not alone in that. Like I've talked to uh, quite a few men who, you know, completely nice, like no, no intention, no malintention, no, like never going to be the person that, you know, hits their wife and then Mm -hmm. drunk, um, threatening and, you know, stuff like that, just something else takes over. And it's so interesting because it's like, where does that come from? You know, and I even felt it in myself in my drinking where the amount of anger you'd have over something, like I can really relate to times when my husband didn't want to drink. You know, I would be like, 
okay, like I'm frustrated for the night. Or if he'd suggest we took a night off, you know, I'd probably grump about it until basically he'd say, okay, fine. We'll just, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Cause this is no right. fun. Um, and the, the, you know, everybody says, well, it just loosens you up. It just makes you more of who you really are. And I have found since I stopped drinking, like that is not true. Like no. that it, it unleashes something in you. That's like, pro, like from that we've evolved past. You know, it almost makes us go backwards in our sort of evolution to points in time where we're not the humans that we are now. And it it doesn't make us more of who we want to be. And somebody says, well, you know, it just, it just makes you actually feel the feelings you really would feel anyways. You're just suppressing. And, and that's not true either. Actually, it just suppresses feelings that you would have been feeling um, and that you need to feel those conversations, I think, with your wife that you're having now are just so beautiful because it's there that you get close to, like every time you are vulnerable and open up and have a discussion and aren't defensive, you come out of it, it might not be fun, but you come out of it so much more close and together and alcohol prevents the true things about about us as humans you know and so anyway i just wanted to tell you that 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 story i've heard it lots of times it's it's mm. very much not unique to you yeah yeah i um i agree you, you feel like you're you unique but you know the more stories you hear the more you read you're not alone and um that that definitely helps um uh, you know I could have done something terrible, but it didn't happen. So take it from there. It didn't happen, you know, prevent it from ever happening again. And, from, you know, just don't drink. You know, she knows me the best, but I, I don't ever remember being angry with friends or buddies or, or anything like that. It's just with her. Remember anyone ever telling me you almost starting to hit this guy or, you know, you acted like this in the bar. Um, I always thought I was a happy-go-lucky drunk, um, you know, very outgoing and funny when I drank. But you know, with her, it was a different, a different beast, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And it's not just—I mean, I've heard the story from women too. You know, where they have gotten violent with their their spouse or whatever when they're drunk. So, and that happens a lot too. I mean, it's just like it brings out something in us that I don't think is true to us. Um, but I think, you know, obviously that's not, you know, there are certain situations that would be abusive with or without alcohol. That's not what we're talking about here. But um, so it's not necessarily like an excuse, but it also is just something that we should realize that like, you know, there's, we're inviting something else into our body. You know, there's a, um, I don't know how much I buy into this, but there's a lot of articles and research about the fact that alcohol is called spirits for a reason. And it's kind of inviting these malignant spirits in and, and stuff like that. And I, I know that goes kind of down this woo woo thing, but I've definitely been sent quite a few articles where people talk about the spiritual aspect of alcohol that, that brings something else, something nasty into the, into the room, which is just an interesting food for thought, I guess. It is. It does does create a lot of uh, a lot of damage um, and can you know it's you know it makes people into something they don't think they aren't 
necessarily. Um, that is interesting, though. Yeah, well, this has been just awesome, James. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. It's it's powerful, and you know your vulnerability, your honesty. It's just really powerful. I think it will touch a lot of people. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your vacation, and thanks for taking time out with me. Okay. Have a great day. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.